and the Oscar goes to Spinning the Reel, produced by Evan Doyle and Cody Rowe. Hello and welcome back to Spinning the Reel. Cody, we're back from hiatus. Yeah. We're recording this on January 18th, 2020, our first episode of the new year. Uh, we do apologize for the delay in getting you new content. It's just uh, it's a crazy time of the year. I guess so, yeah. New year, hit the ground running, and things are just even crazier than they were during the Christmas season. Yes, but what we have for you today is uh, hopefully exciting. We're talking all about the Oscar nominations. We're giving our picks. Uh, we're going to go on maybe some rants uh, about different things. It's going uh, to be fun, I think. You know what's not going to be fun, though, Evan? What? You, I have to give him the bad news, huh? Oh yeah, Cody. Cody does have a bit of news for. Uh, Wor- for work's got me going away for a little bit, guys. I'm gonna be gone. Supposedly, we'll see if the shutdown lasts the whole time. I do work as a uh, project engineer for a construction company. They got me going out to the desert for a whole month, February 4th to the 28th. Working long days. Working working long days. Won't be coming back home. So. I'll see if I can maybe get on the Discord and be able to talk about certain things. Yes, but through the magic of the internet, we might the, be able to. <laughs> we uh, might be able to make it work, but uh, Evan's got some things planned, I think, that will yeah, we allow have, other co-hosts to come in. There will be more to uh, to be discussed about it. Um, we'll see about how the episodes go while Cody's still here, what we're sort of working on still. Um, but while he's away, if he does get the chance to see certain movies or certain things or like maybe a post-Oscars uh, podcast... We uh, will definitely jump on the uh, the Discord and, and try and make that happen for you. But in the event that Cody is unable to uh, to find a couple hours in his day to watch some things, um, we will be uh, soldiering on. We will we will keep producing the show. Uh, the plan right now is to bring on some guests. Uh, we might bring back some familiar friends from the past, some new uh, new guests as well. But what what we're hoping to do is have uh, people talk about their favorite movies, and so for the month of February, we might be uh, doing something along those lines. But we'll we'll be letting you know as that comes up. Um, but we're gonna miss you, Cody, for the month that you're gone. Well, that's a first. <laughs> no one's ever missed me before. But I'm glad you're gonna miss me. You need me. We do for spinning the reel for the balance of of spinning the reel. This is spinning the reel. I don't think we ever mentioned that. At yeah. the top. Well, we are mentioning it now, like halfway through two, our intro. Two minutes into the intro. <laughs> Welcome to Spinning the Reel. Um, as far as this episode, we talked about it's Oscars uh, season. We're going to talk about that. I have a piece that I wrote for uh, the Oscar nominations where I talk about the front runners, the dark horse candidates, the snubs, the surprises, all of it, um, with the best picture, director. And the acting categories, so you can find that at spinningthereel.weebly.com, and we'll put the link in the uh, in the description of this episode for anyone interested in checking that out. Yeah, I think we'll open up with some snubs and stuff, and general overview of the Oscars and all that, and then we'll get into our uh, individual categories and all that. Not every single one. There's a lot. Not all worth. I mean, they're all worth talking about, I guess, but like a lot of them, we can't really like relate to necessarily. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it and we'll go from there. Yeah, exactly. So with that, enjoy the episode. Cody, it's the most wonderful time of the year. What time of the year is it? It's Oscar season. Woo! And it's come to us a bit early this year. 
uh, the Oscars are less than a month away, and we finally got the nominations, Cody. We did this with the Golden Globes, but we're going to talk about the uh, the Oscar nominations. And before we get into each of the individual categories, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the general vibe around the Oscar nominations. Uh, I don't know if you were right on top of it when they came out. I know. I no, I was not. Was. I sent you the uh, the link, though. Yeah, and I was at work, and I was like, screw this list for right now. Okay. And then I looked at it a little bit. That's fair. That's the kind of uh, commitment you get on this podcast. I've committed, man. <laughs> All What's right. it been, like two weeks since our last episode? I know, right? I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's let's start with the the big elephant in the room, and okay. that is Joker. Your beloved Joker, your number 10 film of the year. It was. It and, still is. Uh, yeah, it got 11 nominations, the most of any movie. That's more than any movie last year got. It is uh, a powerhouse. Was, real quick, what was the most last year that got nominated? Uh, I want to say it was um, The Favorite got oh. 10 nominations, and I want to say Roma also got 10 nomina- nominations. So okay. It was, uh, it was a couple films that tied. Uh, this year, it's kind of a consolidation, right? Because Joker got 11. Uh, the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think each got 10. So uh, there's a few films that are just sort of dominating all the categories this year. But specifically back to Joker, uh, when I told you they had the most with 11, your initial response was, even that seems too high. Yeah, that was a lot. I was pretty shocked. I mean, I don't know exactly all, like, the little, like, nominations and stuff. I know, like, there's, like, makeup and all that kind of stuff that gets added in with the Oscars. But 11 did seem kind of like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're touching every little aspect of it. And they're I'm like, just it about every a, category. Like I said, I mean, we've already discussed it in length that, you know, I still enjoy the film and the controversy and all that stuff still around it, but 11 nominations, man. Like, there's other films, I think, that could have, like, entered those categories to at least, like, respect and represent, like, films that were good this year that you don't even hear about now in the Oscars for 2020. So, I guess, I don't want to say I'm upset, but it does seem a little absurd, I guess. Well, you know what? I'm upset. You're upset? (laughs) Because I didn't think Joker was all that good. Technically speaking, it was well executed. I mean, the uh, cinematography was pretty good. The I wasn't a huge fan of the score, but I know some people were, and I, I mean, it, the movie itself on a technical basis was well-crafted, but I don't know that it necessarily was one of the five best movies in each of those categories. What this really speaks to, though, is just the broad appeal of Joker. I mean, it got Best Picture nomination. The producers loved it. You know, it got um, acting nominations. The, the The screen actors liked it, you know? Everybody across the board, there's just a wide appeal for Joker uh, across the board, which is kind of interesting because when we see, uh, when we talk about it on here, when people talk about it on the internet and all that, there's a divisiveness to the film that doesn't really seem to exist within the uh, within the Academy, Yeah, at least. Yeah, the Academy, I even said it, like, it just seemed like it's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes in a sense. It's like, oh, this movie got a really bad Rotten Tomato score, and then, like, you go and watch the movie, and you're like, that's actually a good movie. Like, it doesn't, like, speak, I think, necessarily to, like, the entire general public on how good a film is. Because, I mean, like I said, Joker was, it was good. Obviously, top 10 worthy for me. But for 11 nominations, yeah, I I can't even agree with that either. I mean, and since we're not going to talk about that specific category in, in depth, but, like, just for example, like, makeup and hairstyling, it gets a nomination there for basically painting Joaquin Phoenix's face and and dyeing his hair green. Uh, And, like, a movie like Little Women is excluded, 
which did, I think, a lot more subtle work in that, and, and it was sort of important in establishing a mood for the movie. Well, then obviously Little Women needed to paint. They had to have green hair. They needed to go on a and murder rampage paint. at the Pretty end much, man. face paint. That would have done the trick. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the specific um, instances where Joker <laughs> was nominated, where it maybe shouldn't have been, where some other things got snubbed and all, all of that. But I want to talk about a few films um, that got completely unrecognized. Snubbed completely. Just, just no nominations and varying so, degrees of surprising. Let's see if I'm surprised by any of these. Because I didn't look at this very extensively yet. Well, that again, the commitment level. Just, is there. It's there, dude. Not there. Um, All my ne- initial... Have you heard of the film Clemency? No. It's uh, it's a movie... Okay, well, you, you heard of Just Mercy. Yes. So Clemency is sort of similar, but it's more on the nitty-gritty of the prison side of, like, um, death uh, penalty execution cases. Mm-hmm. So it's about um, a warden at a prison that executes people and uh, sort of the psychological toll that it has on her. Uh, I don't know that Clemency was necessarily ever really in the conversation for a lot of these awards, but uh, people thought that maybe Alfre Woodard uh, could have gotten a nomination for her portrayal of the the warden. She was pretty good. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie itself, but um, she was good in it. So that one got completely overlooked. People were kind of mad about it. Just Mercy, just mentioned, also overlooked. I know you haven't seen those. Not yet. Portra- uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, my number two film of the year. Yeah. Couldn't even snag a, uh, a cinematography nomination. It's a gorgeously shot movie. Nothing for uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, we'll get into some movies that you've seen in just a second, but first, Apollo 11 missed out on documentary. Um, a lot of people thought maybe that was going to be the front runner. That's for- my goal, I think, for 2020. More documentaries. documentaries. That's the eighty last year. Yeah, we should uh, we should do like a twenty twenty resolution segment. <laughs> Maybe we'll record that after this. Um, but okay, after Apollo eleven, um, the ones you've seen, Hustlers. Hustlers. Nothing for Hustlers. Crap. Biggest surprise we'll get to in when we talk about the nominations. But J Lo. Yeah. That's uh, that that was probably the most overlooked. Uh, person. Was that in your top ten? I forget. It was. It was right? just, it was just outside. outside. Yeah, yeah it was in my top 12. ten. Yeah. yeah it's, to it's, get nothing. Yeah. Screw that. Really good movie. Um, the Farewell. Nothing for The Farewell. Both of our number Five. fives. Yeah, Farewell was good. Yeah, no acting nominations, no nothing. Um, and then finally, Uncut Gems. The, the Sandman the sand got man, gypped, dude. He got gypped. Man, that movie was like a heart attack waiting to happen, but so good at the same time. I mean, time. to execute something like that yeah. is just impressive. Yeah. So... Is there any reason that you can think that like these movies got snubbed? Is it a certain type of movie? Is it like, um, I mean, kind of, if you've seen all of them or at least have seen some, maybe there's I don't know controversial issues in them in some way that maybe the Academy just doesn't want to like, like the Joker. I think is more like a broad spectrum when you touch on that, like how everyone kind of relate to it. Where I think yes, I too want to go on murder <laughs> rampage. But I mean, there's like I'm I think sad. there's more like relatable instances to Joker compared to those films that were just mentioned. Where I think you're kind of on one side or the other. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't have like a particular reason. Like I don't know what goes through their heads when they think a film should yeah. be nominated for something or not. Because all those that you just mentioned, at least from what I've seen, I'm like to get nothing seems kind of unreasonable. Especially like even you and me who definitely see movies in a different light. Like, those four that we all saw were, like, 
all in our top 20 at the very least and right. most in our top 10 actually so it is kind of bizarre to see someone who just watches movies to watch movies and use come movies at a different way but still come to that same like conclusion like yeah that's a this good is film quality yeah, yeah it's quality and to not be nominated for anything it's just like what the heck dude so yeah I it mean, is weird I, th- I don't what do you think i just think that like there's a certain perception of what an oscar movie is and it's a movie in english it's a movie that is about like certain specific topics like let, let's take a look real quick at at some of these movies, it's right? A movie in English. You're telling me Parasite will not win Film of the Year? Um, it could actually. Parasite could, and yeah. I think that just speaks to how exceptional Parasite is, and and we'll talk about that in a minute too. But <laughs> I I think it's just like a specific thing, right? Like, what are these movies about, right? 1917's about war. <clears throat> the Irishman's a gangster movie, right? You've got um another war movie in jojo rabbit and once upon a time in hollywood is is about yeah, hollywood and acting and americana and so is ford versus ferrari it's like they're flashy big name you know people that have been around the academy for a long time exactly like they're they're yeah. a specific type of movie and we'll get to that when we talk about actors and actresses because it's really funny when you look at the nominees and what their professions are in it and it's just like it's all the same stuff like the same sort of role gets rewarded every time where something a little more difficult or out of the box like say adam sandler in uncut gems or um or j-lo in hustlers gets overlooked and so we'll talk about that but i just think that like those are films that i mean uncut gems is this grimy sort of almost independent spirited movie the Farewell, Hustlers, um, Just Mercy, Clemency are all predominantly uh, minority casts. And I mean, not that that necessarily means they can't be recognized, but the only movie that was this year that fit that description was Parasite, right? Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire kind of got screwed when France didn't nominate it as, um, as its uh, best international picture. Uh, choice. If it had, I think it would have gotten some more consideration because people would have had to see it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of disappointing, I guess. Um, speaking to that diversity thing, um, the Oscars has had some, um, let's call it blowback in the past about uh, the way it nominates people. So a couple years ago, they had this whole like protest campaign about how every acting nominee was white. And um, I want to talk to you about this because this year it was very close to that too. Cynthia Erivo is the only actor of color that was nominated mm-hmm. um, for a role that she probably shouldn't have been nominated for. Uh, when that, what was she from? Harriet. 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 Yeah. And she was good, but like you probably would have rather had like Lupita Nyong'o in there for us. She's so good in us, right? Yeah, that was better. J Lo again, or, or J Lo and Hustlers. Yeah, yeah, um, but. I wanted to talk about that and talk about um, how no women got nominated for the Oscars, just like at the Golden Globes. Second year in a row this has happened. Um, And then we can get into the whole Todd Phillips of it in a minute. (laughs) But the thing I wanted to bring up was Stephen King. So we watched Dr. Sleep this year. Yeah. And Stephen King went on Twitter, and uh, he he said – I should note, too, that Stephen King – is a screenwriter he's in the screenwriting guild i think he's in the producing guild so he got to nominate films for screenwriting and best picture both included um women in them 
Um, and then I guess technically screenplay included um, Bong Joon Ho too. Okay. So so he nominated these films, is what you're saying? He like picked. It. He he was he had a hand in it. Okay. Um, yeah. So but not like he wasn't yeah, no, involved in like the acting and all that and the directing. Um, so what he said on Twitter was, I would never consider diversity in matters of art, only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. What do you think about that statement? Yeah, I mean, I got to agree with that, too, because looking at my top films and stuff, when you said no women were nominated again, like, I'll go to Little Women. I mean, that was my number three of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, and same thing. Like, we're on on different sides of it, right? How we both see films. And to come to the same conclusion, like, that's just good film, good Mm -hmm. art, as Stephen King's. Like, who cares, dude? Like, if it's good it should be recognized and in this case it it does seem kind of lame and a big reason i don't think i watch any of that stuff it gets so political and stuff nowadays like you know people get up there and have a have a speech and have to make some type of political statement and it's like i get it there's a time and a place everyone has their opinion but it's like you're just you're recognizing art recognize art for what it is and i don't know just don't go into the details you're saying stephen king is right Uh, stephen king is right man same with uh Having done Doctor Sleep, because you know you didn't like it, but I Doctor, liked it. yeah, Doctor Sleep was rough. It was but, good. <laughs> I don't know. I think in in the abstract, I guess it's right that you say like, yes, we should just be nominating the best movies and the best actors and the best performances, all of that stuff. The problem with Stephen King's statement, to me at least, is that <coughs> we're not doing that though. You know, we're recognizing things like. Again, I'm not a huge fan of Joker, but let's use let's use Ford versus Ferrari as an example, right? Like, why are we holding up that as one of the best movies in the of the year when we both think it was fine? Like, it was it was a good Oscar bait dad movie kind of thing, but why are we recognizing things like that when things like The Farewell and Hustlers are better movies? Um, and it, it just kind of like you don't want to say that there's any bias or anything like that, but like. If year after year after year we're doing the same things, nominating the same people that all look and sound the same, the same stories, clearly we're ignoring something on the other side of things, you know? Like to say that the best, the five best directed movies were directed by men, that's just not true. Like if you just look at, at the direction of these different movies, like I don't I don't see how you can say that. And we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the director category, but I just think it's kind of silly to say like, oh no, you can't be mad at us. We're just nominating the best movies when you're missing out on all of these movies that have one thing in common. Yeah. You know? It is kind of hard to like ignore that fact. I mean, everyone again is tired of their own opinion. Like some people might think I mean, it depends on how you come out of a movie. Ford vs. Ferrari I think was still very highly uh, you know, uh, notable. I think a lot of people still liked it. Right. Not necessarily us. Again, it just depends like what your likes and dislikes are and stuff. Um, but it does kind of suck that like the Academy has like all say so in what gets nominated. Right. Because I do think from a general public standpoint, like all of us and millions of people at home who watch this stuff, we all. I, want I think yeah. I think there's there. agreements in certain films that it's like really like that couldn't get nominated for any category kind of right. thing, and it, it it does I guess get upsetting or frustrating to like kind of see that year after year we mm-hmm. see the same thing keep getting nominated on certain films and all that um i think a big part too maybe be like with parasite like i looked at like letterbox like top 2019 list from people mm-hmm. and it does seem like a lot of moviegoers and stuff were able to take the time to go out to the amc theaters or whatever and you know take the time to see that film because it was at least 
it was known enough um and it does suck for certain films maybe more on the uh maybe documentaries or the foreign films and stuff where it's just there's no like buzz around it there's no marketing for it necessarily which i think does play a factor as well just kind of touching on that um but yeah i mean again like the general public i think as much as we have our differences and opinions there's still a lot of agreeance on certain films i would say that like yeah we can all kind of agree like oh that was a good film but the academy is like well this was a better film and for kind of the reasons like you mentioned they fit this mold that for whatever reason that's what they're looking for right and i you know there's films that are good that break the mold that you know but they have to be so exceptional yeah. to break through that's what parasite did that's what roma did last year they have to be just like next level best movie of the year undoubtedly just to get a nomination yeah. and that's uh, that's i think where it gets frustrating where it's saying yeah let's let's nominate quality but let's understand the perspectives that we're coming from and like try and see that there's more movies than just our scope i mean it's the same thing that we did right like when we started watching horror movies we're both like eh, i don't know about this but then yeah. we see us and it's like man us is a really good movie get out is a really good it does movie. it does get hard to you know? when more of the general public doesn't see like i mean i wouldn't have seen this many films without the amc pass this yeah. year and your different takes on film definitely change like even within the half year i had the amc pass mm-hmm. if i would have seen a movie in june compared to maybe that same movie in december i don't even think i'd have like the same star rating like avengers endgame like i would have thought was like wow you know i enjoyed that film avengers flashy. endgame was pretty good though it was good but like and then but I would have looked at it still differently in December than yeah. I would have like when it came out, you know, way back in the earlier month of the uh, 2019. And you just see films. I mean, even I see films a little bit differently. You now. see it from another perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that would be nice to get more perspectives going uh, when it comes to it. But with that, I think, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of um, general Oscars? talk or should we dive into the nominations let's dive into the nominations and guess the winners guess the winners i'm gonna win all right cody here we are let's talk about the different nominees so we're gonna cut out some of the technical stuff we are uh, very proud of all the nominees of the technical categories but uh, just two of us layman's here. We can't uh, speak necessarily to sound mixing and sound editing, or really what the difference between the two is. What are they? What are you talking about, dude? We're doing a podcast. Obviously, our sound mixing is like great. I mean, we know our sound mixing is great, <laughs> but do we know if uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood sound mixing is great? That's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And and we haven't seen the short films yet. Uh, if we're gonna see them at all, production design. We could speak to some of this stuff, but we're just going to kind of brush past uh, a little bit of it and uh, go into the bigger categories, starting with animated feature. Let's do it. Best animated feature film of the year. And the nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, Toy Story 4. Wow. What a field. I haven't seen Missing Link. I am... Just, I think it's very funny that Klaus got in there. I love like, Klaus, dude. Klaus is good. It's fine, but it's just very funny that it got a an Oscar nomination, just yeah. like a random Netflix Christmas movie. I lost my body on Netflix too, which is awesome. Yeah. I that one didn't get a nomination at the Golden Globes, so mm. 
neither did Klaus. <laughs> so those two being in there is kind of yeah, cool. It is kind of funny to like see like what differences come out from uh, obviously the Golden Globes compared to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So, but my my vote's still with Toy Story Four, baby. Yeah, Toy Story Four. I thought was really I I love the How to Train Your Dragon series. Uh, the new I will one was say. okay. Yeah, the new one was just okay. Still, you know, it's little moments, touchy, yeah. just like DreamWorks would do. Um, so I will speak volume that I do like How to Train Your Dragon, the entire series as a whole. Um, but Toy Story <laughs> Four, the nostalgia and all that behind it, Tom Hanks, uh, Tim Allen, and just what it represents yeah. in every great know, movie. Yeah. It just, I think it will take it. Um, I know you absolutely loved I Lost My Body. It was up there for me. I want I mean, it wasn't in my top 10, um, but it was in yours. So I guess if you want to speak to that, maybe that would be like, I think that would probably be the next one to run against it. Maybe one of the two. Yeah, I adore I Lost My Body. And I think the nomination that it got here, it's pretty cool because that means maybe people will seek it out on Netflix and then uh, see it. And they dubbed over it in English. So like maybe that's less of a barrier for um, some Academy viewers to watch the movie. Last year, they did um, buck the uh, predictions and go with uh, Into the Spider-Verse with um, Best Animated Picture. So there's still hope that they make like a sort of out, out of the blue uh, decision with this one, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold out hope. I think um, Toy Story is probably the favorite, and uh, it should be. It's a great film. Yes, sir. All right, what are we doing next? We're doing screenplay. screenplay. Let's do it. Let's let's start with the original screenplay. All right. Um, the nominees are Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach, 1917, Sam Mendes, and it won't show. Uh, Christy Wilson Cairns. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite is Bong Joon Ho and Han Jin Wan. Yeah. So that's a pretty good field, I think, of um, original screenplays. Cool that Knives Out got a nomination. I think it might have been its only nomination, but still, like, but still, yeah, that's the whole point that we kind of talked to. Like, Knives Out was definitely like one of those cool like murder mystery films. And very well yeah. written too. Like very, so. very well plotted out. Um, did you hear that uh, Ryan Johnson's working on a, a sequel to it? Really? Yeah, I guess like Benoit Blanc is gonna go. I'll be there, dude. Yeah, he's gonna go solve there. some other mystery with some completely random. I think that's a cool idea for like a franchise, you know, like um, just Daniel Craig going around solving mysteries <laughs> with different all-star casts of like suspects and stuff. Um, there was a rumor that he's gonna uh, Ryan Johnson's gonna have him do a different accent for the sequel. Oh, just nice. like every film, Daniel he travels Craig across different countries, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna use this accent. Else. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of cool. Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. All movies we um, <coughs> we both liked to some degree. Yeah, I mean, all these were top 20 for me, all of them. Yeah, I I have to think it's going to be Marriage Story because I, I, I feel like Marriage Story is going to get blanked everywhere else. So You think they'll give maybe, screenplay? Yeah, I and it's a good screenplay, too. So I, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I mean, it's yeah. my number two film of the year. I loved Marriage Story. Yeah, so. I, I could I could see it going to Marriage Story. What do you think? Um, for screenplay, the only other one would pro for me. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be like my second choice. I think that would be like those two would battle. I think out. Yeah. Um, for the screenplay, original screenplay, that is. Um, that's just my opinion. 
All right. the other ones are still, I, yeah, like you said, like Anyone Nine's could really win good. it. It would be, it would be great. Yeah, this one I wouldn't be like, oh man, that one really got snubbed. That that was hands down the best. Yeah. So, screenplay is kind of one of those categories where it's just like, okay. Yeah. Congratulations, give him. A- I could see nineteen seventeen being sort of like a dark horse candidate in this because the way that movie was made, everything had to be so perfectly lined up. So maybe. I don't know how much of that was on the page. I'm, I mean, they ha- the Academy has access to all of these screenplays yeah. themselves. So they yeah, can we finally both see. saw it now that it's uh, out. We didn't get to talk about it Yeah, we hadn't seen it before. We'll talk about it a little later in the episode because sure. it's going to come up again. All right. Um, but So we're both going Marriage Story here? Yeah, I'm going to go Marriage Story for the win. Okay, we both went Toy Story 4, so we're, we're being very uh, combative on this podcast. Hey. All right, let's move over to the adapted screenplay. All right, that, I will take over that. The nominees are The Irishman, Stephen Zalian, yep. Jojo Rabbit, uh, Taika Waititi, yeah. Joker, Todd Phillips, and Scott Silver, okay. Little Woman, Greta Gerwig, The Two Popes, Anthony McCartan. What do you I did not here, see guys? The Two Popes yet. Why not? It's delightful. I, ha- I have no idea. It's there's on Netflix. one pope, there's another it. pope. There's, wow, there's two popes. <laughs> there's two popes. Man, that joke will they just live on forever. They watch soccer together. It's great. They watch soccer together? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Guess I'm missing out, man. You are. It's a delight. Two popes movie. sitting around a table watching uh, some soccer. They listen to ABBA. It's it's great. But uh, this one with these nominations, I, I love Jojo Rabbit, dude. Jojo Rabbit's what you're thinking? I don't think it will win, but... Nah. It's adapted from a book. Yeah. I mean, they're all adapted, but that, yeah. that one is... That, nah, I would do Irishman. Irishman, also adapted <laughs> from a book. Most of these are... Those two and Little Women are from a book. Joker's from comics. The Two Popes, I'm not really sure if there's, like, a Two Popes book or if it's just because it's based on, like, the it's true real life, story baby. Of, of the Two Popes. But you're going Irishman? I'll go Irishman on this one. I am gonna take I'm gonna take Little Women in this one. It um I think it won adapted screenplay at um the Screenwriters Guild, maybe? I don't know. I'd have to check on that. But I saw that movie for the second time um a couple days ago and I gotta tell you, man, it is so damn delightful. You went and saw it again? Yeah. It is making me like reconsider the top of my list. That's how much I love Little Women. That movie is so damn delightful. And um, would it be number one? Maybe, man. Really? Like, I I get this. This happened to me in 2017 with um, Lady Bird too. Where again, another episode, another Lady Bird reference. But it wasn't my number one film at the end of the year. It was like four or five. But just as it sat with me, as I watched it again and again, it's one of my favorite movies ever. And I get the sense that that's gonna happen with Little Women. Because just seeing it again, it is just it. You just you just got this thing for Greta, dude. It lifts you. She is an incredible director. She makes incredible movies and writes incredible scripts. So uh, I'm going Little Women, and if it doesn't win, I'm going to be crushed. Mm. I'm gonna be Lori standing on that hill saying that I love you, Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I'll never love anyone else. Um, all right, what, what what are we moving on to now? I think we're gonna do supporting. Okay, Actress. yeah, so we're, we're moving into the acting segments here, and I will note that I wrote a whole, um, <coughs> yeah, right there? I'm getting over a cold. Okay. Sorry, dude, I got a cough. 
you know, the judgments happen. All nasally. They're going to be like, who is this guy on the show? This isn't Cody. All right. Yeah. So I wrote a whole uh, summary of the nominations for Best Picture, Director, um, and the Acting Categories. And you can find that on spinningthereel.weebly.com. We'll put the link in the uh Where can I find that again? Description. Spinningthereel.weebly.com. Where? That's R-E-E-L, of course. Okay. Yeah, so check that out. I wrote about all of these um, categories at length, but let's uh, I'll go, let's read go ahead and jump into it. You haven't read it yet, Cody? No, you didn't tell me it was available. How dare you? you usually, remember, you text me all these things. Let's, let's start with actor in a supporting role. All right. All right. Let's the nominees are Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, which Cody still hasn't seen, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci, also The Irishman, and Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What are we thinking here, Cody? Tom Hanks, baby. All the way. <laughs> you think he's going to win, though? Uh, I wish he would. I don't think he'll win. I think if I had to pick... Oh, man. That one, this one's actually really tough. They're all good performances. Yeah. The two... I think Popes. the two being in The Irishman, I think that's going to kind of... Split the vote a little. Yeah, split the vote, because both are really good. And therefore, I would have to say, because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of those films, and Brad Pitt's one of those people that, obviously, again, when we talk about fitting the mold, like mm-hmm. he's been in that mold, uh, I'd probably give it to Brad Pitt for yeah. actually winning. I would like to see Tom Hanks win. Again, I think Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Tom Hanks and all the roles he does where he basically you know, takes on like these you know personas of these people. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of those kind of films, um, and he does it really well here with uh, Mr. Rogers. Um, but if I had to pick a winner, I would have to go Brad Pitt for this one for the sake of what the Academy is. And that movie was still really good and he was really good. And there's no splitting the votes like with Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. So Brad Pitt would be my winner on that one. Yes. After our brief little spat over adapted screenplay, we're, we're back together on this one, Cody. Hey. I, I think you're right about the vote splitting. Um, I think something important to note is Brad Pitt has never won an Oscar for acting, which seems crazy. He's been nominated a few times, but he's never won for acting, and he is a pretty beloved figure in Hollywood. He's known as like one of the best actors of his generation, so I think we're going to get one of those situations where the Academy says, it's time. Like We need to, we need to finally give this guy his acting nomination. So <laughs> I think Brad Pitt's probably it. Tom Hanks, great performance. All of them great performances. I even liked Anthony Hopkins, even though I, he was... Fine. We haven't really been talking necessarily about snubs so much um, yet, but was there anyone that you felt was maybe left out or anything like that? On uh... not off the top of my head. I mean, yeah, this one's pretty much I would say chalk for uh, for this category yeah. more than anything else. I think it would have been cool to see someone like Song Kang Ho um, nominated for like Parasite, uh, which just sort of is. This is what I put on my um, on my write up of it, of the whole thing, uh, but it would have been nice to see not just Song Kang Ho, but like Wesley Snipes or Jonathan Majors from the last uh, Black Man in San Francisco, like to see somebody that was sort of off the radar. And I guess Anthony Hopkins was a little off the radar, but he's old and he's been around forever. Um, it would have been cool to see some of those performances get nominated, but like. You really can't complain about this category. There, the um, the nominations are pretty good. So with that, we're gonna move over to actress 
in a supporting role. Tell us who the nominees are, Cody. I will. And the nominees are at Sandman's going to be happy about this one. Mama. Kathy Bates, Mama, <laughs> Bobby Boucher, yeah, Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I got her name right. You did. You said Margot Robbie right this time. Woohoo! <laughs> I knew it, but every time I said it. What the fuck it, is this category, Cody? This is a like, great category. What is going on here? Why is Kathy Bates there? She was fine in Richard Jewell. Hey. Why is Scarlett Johansson there? She's already nominated for better, Best Actor. She was good in JoJo Rabbit. You better I watch like out. Her. Bobby Boucher is going to come after you, dude. Maybe, but he can't even uh, he can't even successfully pull off a gem heist. So <laughs> what am I worried about? Who do you who do you like here? Oh, who do, who don't I like? Florence Pugh. So Was good. so good in that so movie. Good unexpectedly like i would florence Pugh, did that scene where she's like we met (laughs) (laughs) you brought my sister home when she sprained her ankle i would never do that i had perfect (laughs) tiny feet so incredible i i didn't know what her name was to be honest before uh after seeing the film and i'm like man who is this and i looked her up and i was like she's been in a lot this year dude yeah she was in uh the midsummer right she was in midsummer yeah Yeah. super good Um, fighting with my family the wrestling movie okay i didn't see quite good but uh, yeah, Florence Pugh was like just an absolute delight to that film. Um, I think that made like the biggest impact when I saw a film uh, this year out of those movies. Uh, Laura Dern was okay. I mean, she was actually really good. Marriage Story was great. Uh, I do love Scarlett Johansson, uh, both in Marriage Story again, but in this case, she's for Jojo Rabbit. She's good in Jojo Rabbit, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, but the biggest surprise and I think like the performance that should like get recognized here is uh, Florence Pugh for me. Yeah. I would go with that. I think Laura Dern's going to win. Yeah. I, I think she's going to win, and, and good for her because Laura Dern is wonderful. Yeah. She is better in uh, Little Women than she is in, uh, in <laughs> Yeah, all these, all these people are in, like, multiple movies. It's kind of funny. I At know, At least right? the three of them are. Margot Robbie's in Bombshell and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Florence Pugh has been in a bunch of stuff. Um, Could have gotten a nomination for Midsommar if uh, the Academy recognized horror. Um, I think Kathy Bates only did Richard Jewell, though. Yeah, everyone I, else was in uh, was in some pretty prestigious movies, um, but yeah, I really wish that Florence Pugh, but Laura Dern could win it. Yeah. But I think they're gonna look at Florence Pugh and say like you're. I think she's like twenty four or twenty three or something, and they're gonna say you've got your whole career ahead of you. This is really like your first year on the scene. Yeah, Laura Dern's been around. You'll be she's back. Done a lot of good stuff. And right? Laura Dern is is great and wonderful in everything that she's in. Yeah. Um. Let's kick. Can we just kick Kathy Bates out of here and put J Lo in? If I had to, yeah, I would. Sorry, Kathy Bates. Sorry, Mama. I would. I would take Kathy <laughs> Bates out for J Lo. And I, I mean, like Zhao Zhuzhen could have gotten recognition for uh, for the farewell. It was always a long shot, but it breaks my heart a little bit. I didn't see Bombshell. Was is Margot Robbie deserving as much as you think? It's just initial impression. I'm just Bombshell's asking. interesting because it's a whole movie of impersonations, right? Mm-hmm. It's Charlize Theron doing an impersonation of Megyn Kelly. It's um, who? Uh, a- a- anyway, but like it's it's a bunch of impersonations, and then Margot Robbie is like this invented character. Okay, and she doesn't really have that like she doesn't have like nicole kidman had gretchen carlson to graft onto like um again like Charlize theron had uh, <coughs> megan kelly to graft onto margot robbie was just playing this like sort of amalgamation of different fox news staffers that were 
um, abused by Roger Ailes. And she, she kind of holds the whole film together. It's not a film that I think works for me on a few different levels, but Margot Robbie is actually quite good in it. So I'm okay. I'm not upset that she's okay. she's nominated. I just was I hadn't seen the film, so I wasn't sure if that was one that you would think was. Like, it's one that you can catch on HBO and like whenever it yeah. inevitably ends up on there. But I wouldn't necessarily go seek it out. Yeah, you know. So it seems like the front runners are going to be Laura Dern and. I wonder if even Johansson. I mean, Johansson was great this year, personally. Yeah, I I just don't see it. Like, I don't see the buzz for her with Jojo Rabbit. For like, Jojo, okay. She maybe has a shot in Best Actress, which we'll talk about. We can talk about it now if you want to jump over to Actress. Let's let's jump over to Actress. All but right. so wait, who who do you got winning? Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah. All right, but we all we both want Florence. Pugh. I out of that category, I think Florence Pugh would have been right. been great. Um, so the actress in a leading role, it's my turn, right? Yeah, let's go. Cynthia Erivo, Harriet. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. Sorcerer Ronan, Little Women, I spared you that one. Uh, Charlize Theron, Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger, Judy. Uh, you saw, I only two saw of these movies. Only two of these, yeah. So Scarlett Johansson or Sorcerer Ronan, <laughs> <laughs> I would go out of the... Scarlett Johansson, dude. Really? I, yeah. Man, Sorcerer Ronan is so good. I know. And Little Women. She's, I, I loved Marriage Story. So marriage Story is good. I have to go with Scarlett Johansson. I, I really liked, I mean, it's crazy. I think she's been, I mean, obviously she's played Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, film coming out this year, by the way, 2020 for her. Um, but out, I mean, stepping outside of that role, it's good to see that, like, you know, she's like a good actress for sure. I think when you get into that rope of everyone kind of playing like that superhero, like I feel like that's like, what do you, I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'll leave it for another Black time. Black Widow's coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you, like this year, 2020, you got Doolittle coming out with. Uh, oh boy, it's out. <laughs> yeah, it's it out. <laughs> but like, right, like what a, like a weird movie for uh, Robert uh, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. to, to like, take on. back to. Yeah. yeah, where Scarlett Johansson just like, she never like missed a beat in my personal opinion, like. She was in both of these films, and I think she has like a shot in both. Um, but yeah, I'd go Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Just I can't speak to the other three, so yeah, this I've, is where you come in. I've to, seen them all. Um, yeah. Cynthia Revo is fine in it. I think that there is a bit of a narrative about her going into this that um, could help her, which is, do you know what an EGOT is? God, no. Okay, so it stands for Emmy, Grammy, uh, Oscar, Tony. And so Cynthia Revo has won an Emmy. She's won a Grammy. She's won a Tony. Award. Dude, you got to have her sweep the board, dude. So go for if the she cycle. was to win an Oscar, she would be the youngest person to ever win an EGOT. She would be um, the quickest person to ever do it as well. Um, she's not going to win for Harriet. I'm sorry, but mm. that's not. That's just not like going to happen. She was sort of like the the last woman in in this category. We talked about how it could have been Lupita Nyong'o. Talked about how it could have been Aquafina, um, but she does have a chance in Best Original Song because the song from Harriet was nominated. I think it might have won a Golden Globe. I don't really know, um, but if she wins that, good for Cynthia Erivo. Um, as far as the performances, I think Renee Zellweger is probably your favorite here. Um, she is playing Judy Garland, a, a Hollywood legend, and this is where we can get into that conversation I alluded to earlier of the profession 
of each of these women, right? Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story is an actress. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is a writer. Charlize Theron is, uh, I guess, like a TV personality. And Renee Zellweger plays a um, an actress. And then Cynthia Revo is a, a runaway slave. So she's kind of like the odd one out. But I mean, like, looking at that, they're all entertainment business people, you know? Like, actors can relate to that sort of thing, I guess. And that's why they, these are the nominees. Um, Renee Zellweger's fine in Judy. Like, 12 people probably saw Judy. Who, like, nobody saw Judy. So we talked about this with the Golden Globes. Um, she's quite good. But this is one where I could see, like, the narrative has been going for so long. Maybe uh, the Academy wants to, like, mix it up and throw something at someone else. In which case, I still think it might be Charlize Theron. Just because a lot of times that transformation is what wins awards. And it's not something that Scarlett Johansson or Shorsha Ronan did in their movies. Even though I think those are the two probably best performances. So good on you, Cody. You saw the two best performances of the year. Woohoo! Um, by women. I seek out my movies, you know, knowing I'm going to see the best films of the year. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the actors real quick. Let's do it. It's my turn. Yeah. Performance by an actor in a leading role nominees are... Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. All right. This would be the one... That you've seen three. Yes, I've seen three. And this would be the one category where I could definitely get behind the Joker nomination for this one. Out of the 11 nominations... Gotta be the favorite. I think, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is probably the favorite. I think this is the one that is actually, like, deserving of actually having the nomination to begin with. Um, And as much as I loved Adam Driver in Marriage Story... He's very good in it. I would probably give this one to Joaquin Phoenix, and I think he is the front runner. so... Joaquin Phoenix is the only category I could say that, like, is, like I said, I mean, it was in my top 10... Uh, Joker, but this is the one category I would at least give it to Joaquin Phoenix and yeah. Joker as a film. <laughs> it seems like kind of a lock. Um, Joaquin Phoenix has been winning just about every award yeah. that one can win for acting in Joker. I'm going to just interrupt you there. Yeah. Do you think he's deserving, at least of this category, uh, the film Joker and his role in it, or not so much? Like I At least w- worth the nomination? I, I think it's a good performance. I like okay. the performance, and as I wrote in my write-up, um, I think it is the weakest of the five performances okay. in the category. Okay. For me personally, I think it's probably going to win, but I think that um, Anto- Antonio Banderas is really good in Pain and Glory. Um, they're all really good in, like, these are all great performances, so it's hard to be too mad about it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Price being in there is a little strange. So we take him out, you know, put the Sandman in, and we're good. You know, people were so mad about Sandler not getting a nomination, but it was never going to happen. Like, I don't I don't see how anyone really thought that was going to be the case. Yeah. Um, I think the more surprising thing is that uh, uh, Robert De Niro didn't get a nomination for um, The Irishman. Yeah, especially with Joe Pesci and uh, Both of them, yeah, yeah. There's clearly support for the movie, but um, that's a little strange for me. Um, I think... Man, it's hard. I like all of these performances. Leo is great. I, if anyone's going to upset Joaquin Phoenix, 
I get the sense it might be uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, same thing. Same thing with the Brad Pitt thing. You know, it was a good movie. He fits the mold again. He's been nominated multiple times. He's won, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he probably has, like, the best, like, upfront chance and just who he's been as part of the Academy for that, you know. Let's just run down the list of professions again, though, in All the right. acting category. Because I, I think all. it's interesting, right? Um, Antonio Banderas plays a film director, Leonardo DiCaprio, an actor, uh, Adam Driver, a, um, theater director, and then Joaquin Phoenix, a, uh, aspiring stand-up comic, and then Jonathan Price's Pope. So, I mean, that's a little out there, but, like, you can sort of see that when the, the screen actors are nominating these things, they, they clearly gravitate towards, um, people in the entertainment industry as opposed to (coughs) weird gem salesmen. I think I think that that is um, a, a lock you can take to the bank most years. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to like remember like you and me like we talk about like Ford versus Ferrari. Like if you're a car guy, Ford versus Ferrari is probably up there is definitely like favorite film of the year. Right. Because it's your liking, your interest. Same thing with this. Like the Academy can relate to this, and yeah. if you can relate to something, obviously it, you know you it holds like, a little bit more <laughs> ground than anything else. So. The, the like ESPN Motorsports Twitter page put out a tweet that like. Congrats to Ford versus Ferrari on being the first motorsports movie nominated for an Oscar. It's like, who cares? Um, okay, well, let's go over to, to directors now. So you're picking, we're both picking Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. All right, tell me who the director, oh, you, I just, it's my turn, huh? It's your turn, man. I have to find them. I mean, I, I kind of know them. So uh, Sam Mendes was nominated for... Um, nineteen seventeen. Where is this on the list? I have it. It's down um, like lower. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Bong Joon Ho was nominated for Parasite. Uh, Parasite. Uh, let's see. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Uh, Martin Scorsese was nominated for uh, The Irishman. You got it. Um, come on, the big one. We're gonna. We s- just talked about I know. it. Todd Phillips was nominated yeah. for Joker, All and right. then Quentin Tarantino was nominated for Once Upon a Time. Yeah, in look Hollywood. that dude. You didn't even need to look at the list. I didn't. I, kn- I knew I knew it, but I. It's easier to just read it off a, a screen. Um, what do you, What are you thinking, Cody? Um, man. Let, let's pick a winner, and then we can talk about the controversy for director here. Really? Okay. I I, I need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, out of these ones, I would. Man, Joker. So I think Parasite is the front runner for this one. Personally, I think it should Interesting. be. Interesting. I really think. Sh- I think it should be too. I think. It, yeah, I think Parasite. From a directing standpoint, Parasite was absolutely like just honestly like goddamn perfect. Um, and again, my second one after now seeing it, I think the way 1917 was at least shot from a you know directing and cinematography standpoint was absolutely phenomenal i will say i would be surprised if 1917 lost this category really yes 1917 dude was absolutely just it was so cool i think that when you do something the the thing with the oscars is that flashy wins out over subtle Mm -hmm. just about every time right so that's why i think that like joaquin phoenix is probably the favorite over the field because it is the flashiest performance of anything in that in that category and you can say that for the directing here as well like 1917 is a big in your face look at this directing we did look at how we we crafted this entire film to look a certain way and it's very very noticeable on screen like when you look at how parasite was uh was directed and and put together it is precision crafted 
to make you <laughs> feel a certain way about the characters, about the events that are happening, yeah. to draw you in and make you feel things, right? 1917 isn't that. Like, it, it is precision crafted so that way you notice that it's a one take. Like, it's impossible to watch that movie and not see that it's done in basically like a first person shooter style. Yeah, no, you're part of the film, dude. Right. And it is too mixed effect. I mean, if you, do you want to talk about 1917 real quick? Like what we thought about it? Sure, cuz we didn't talk about it and I think it's worthy of at least talking about. Since... Yeah, go go ahead. Tell me what you think. Um, I think from like a war, I mean most war movies and stuff, obviously flashy, bang bang and people like that kind of stuff. This one wasn't that at all. Um, but the way like like you already mentioned, like it is shot to make you seem like you're in the trenches with both of them. You're, you know, coming at, like you're there with them. It's first person and everything. And kudos to that, man. Like, it was so cool. And um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't bang, bang. Um, but I liked how it depicted the war, too. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, the best war movie by any means. Um, but adding the way that they filmed it definitely, like, elevated it. Like, that half a star for me. I think I gave it four out of five stars on my letterbox. I did give it four out of five stars. Yeah. Um, and I, I think from a war standpoint, it was just, you know, I guess mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, but having it shot the way it was definitely like i said elevates it to that you know four out of five stars definitely worth seeing and like kudos to like the directing and the way it was just shot and stuff like i liked the movie a lot yeah i i thought it was mostly pretty good i think um the the whole one take uh style of it all was very effective for the first 30 40 minutes and then after that it was kind of like okay we get it this isn't in service (laughs) of any like plotting or but there's no reason to keep doing it. Like, I I think in the very early stages of the movie it works, and then by the end of the movie, when he's in some weird little underground uh, bunker with some French lady and a baby and and milk, it gets weird. And like, I, yeah, that was the only part where it dropped off for me. It's just it's it's not. I didn't think it was the most like effective movie with with an A. Like, it didn't make me feel a whole lot. You know. Okay. Um, would you be up for? I mean, because. The only other movie I think this year that I can talk to about having that technology kind of standpoint. Yeah. Because I kind of see this as like a technological advance for at least the way films are made. Obviously, we both saw Gemini Man with the whole 3D kind of. <laughs> yes. Right. Give Gemini Man. No, I'm just director. I'm just saying, right. It's a techno. You know, they're taking a chance. They're trying something different in the, you know, in the film world. Do you yeah. think you could see other films, I guess, being shot like this and like truly enjoyable? I reject the basis of your question because it's not really super innovative i mean like it is different it's bold and it's like i do like challenge the for the director right. but it's not really new um birdman like five years ago or whatever won best picture um and it was all shot in one take too like it's not it's not something that's like a huge new innovation in the way that um high frame rate is uh is what like ang lee is trying to bring to the scene yeah if that makes sense sure um I think, like, for me, it's it's fine if that's how you want to tell your story and if it serves the story, um, great. Like, I think the the first, like, really big notable one-take scene, like, it wasn't the whole movie, but uh, was Alfonso Cuaron in um, Children of Men. I don't know if you've seen Children of Men. No. But there's this sort of, like, harrowing scene where um, he's being, like, chased and, like, hunted down, and it's all shown in this one-take um and it's really like to show you how harrowing it is and that's where it's effective with 1917 as well in showing you sort of like how harrowing this 
journey across like you're getting shot at you're going through these trenches like that's where it's effective um there's other places where it is less and so if you're gonna tell your story tell a good moving story all right and then if it's served by like one take then then do it but i think that it's something you can point at in 1917 that you can't necessarily with these other movies so i i really think 1917 is probably going to win best directing I will agree with that. All the other films were great, but yeah, 1917 directing, yeah. Okay. Good job, Sam Mendes. Let's talk about the the and Todd Phillips the... of it all. Can we? Sure, buddy. Why? Like, what did Todd Phillips do with this movie that like elevated <laughs> it? You know, I like, I just don't, I don't understand how Todd Phillips. Even we've been over this with the Golden Globes. How, like, Greta Gerwig made choices with Little Women that really worked she cut that film up into pieces right and and sort of had this style of moving back and forth that made the movie really propulsive like you can feel her impression on it and it made that movie work Marielle Heller we talked about it when we talked about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood had a certain directorial style that really came through with that film like those movies are director's movies they work because that director told that story and no one else could have told it quite that way why is todd phillips in here for joker cody can you defend it no that i mean that's a good question because from directing standpoint i don't think joker other than it you know being a famous comic uh dc you know villain and just having that already around it and nostalgia and all that I don't think Todd Phillips did anything special that any other director probably couldn't have done, like you said. Um, I think it's just, again, with how big it was this year, whether it's us going at it on this podcast and stuff with, you know, what it served and how what you took out of it and what it represents. I just think a lot of people, I guess, I don't want to say, like, there's something in that movie, at least, that everyone can kind of say, like, oh, like, I feel you kind of thing, I guess, if yeah. anything. And maybe that was just, like, same thing the academy is like oh yeah i you know i see it i I feel it it's worth i guess discussing yeah we'll throw them in there kind of thing yeah Um, i think it was just it was such a big film i guess that just i don't know i guess they couldn't leave out felt like they shouldn't leave it out for those kind of reasons but i'll argue that like not only is it not deserving of being in here it is actively poorly directed like the way that that and maybe part of that's on the screenplay too which todd phillips co-wrote but like the whole narrative arc of that movie right is that this guy is like you keep you keep using the word relatable right like you can you can feel what he's going through and it's a problem because he's a villain right he is not an anti-hero right and he's not meant to be an anti-hero but the way that movie's perspective is it makes him into sort of like in between a hero and anti-hero at times and the reason that it doesn't work is because of this whole established relationship he has with i guess it's not established it's made up in his mind but where he ends up in zazie beat's apartment the girl that that he pretended he was dating um and then todd phillips doesn't show whether or not he kills her or not and uh sorry for anyone that hasn't seen choker but like uh todd phillips has even said that he doesn't kill her and what that's doing is that's making a choice to make your villain relatable, even when he's going to go on a murder spree at the end, so you're still on his side. And it it just totally torpedoes what's going on with the movie, right? Like, it's it's supposed to be this biting criticism of, like, 
the mental health system, the um, economic system, and how it creates these forgotten people who are bound to turn into supervillains, right? Like you're going to create a supervillain with these things, and he makes his supervillain into a like this relatable anti-hero, and it just fucking doesn't work. <laughs> and so, like, to have him nominated for best director is nonsense. And uh, if he wins, I'm going to absolutely lose it on um, February 9th or whatever. Yeah, February 9th. If there's no longer a podcast after February 9th, ladies and gentlemen, we know why. Because I destroyed everything I own. (laughs) All right. That's it. My rant's over. All right. 1917, Greta Gerwig got snubbed, and Joker shouldn't be there. Absolutely. I think 1917. By the way, if you want to hear more about the Joker, even though we talked about it again a lot, and it's like our ongoing like thing for the year because that was our most controversial film. After the Oscars, episode one, baby. Yeah, episode we're one. We're done. We're done with Joker after the Oscars. We are not talking. And about we talked it about it in our Golden again. Globe episode. So there's two episodes you can go back, listen to, hear about our uh, Joker rants, and uh, yeah. But Cody, it's your turn. The, the big prize, the big winner, the best picture, best motion picture of the year nominees are Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and rounding it off, the ninth and final film, Parasite. We both want the same one to win here. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three, Little cats. Women. Oh. Oh, cats. Oh, cats. My so, bad. I forgot. It's not in there. <laughs> let's not talk about this picture. And let's just talk about cats. Cats. Yeah, so basically cats got snubbed here for best motion picture Folks, of the year. I don't know if you know this, but a cat is not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, par- Parasite, uh, I'll agree with. That's both our number ones. Like I said, I went on Letterboxd just to kind of goof around and see what other people's like best pictures of the year were yeah. and stuff. And I mean, overwhelmingly, uh, Parasite was up there as number one. So Definitely cool. everyone's like top five at least for anyone. Um, I think the next biggest one on this list, at least from when I was scrolling through again, those lists, I would probably say is honestly the Irishman, I think was like, like the second most film I saw up there, maybe because it was just so readily available on like yeah. Netflix and stuff uh, that people at least watched in and maybe people who don't go see as many films are like, man, it's a really good movie, mobster movie, uh, big names and stuff. But those were the two films I think I saw at the top um, and Joker, unfortunately, <laughs> for you at least um, yeah. on the top of the list too. And, uh, you know, yeah. Joker being in Best Picture is, is dumb, but it doesn't upset me in the way that Todd Phillips being in her <laughs> Best Director um, yeah. does. I mean, I get people like the movie, and if you want to say it was your favorite movie of the year. Hey, I'm going to look at the bright whatever. side. I'm going to look at the bright side here, too. I saw all nine of these films. Yay, me. Good for you, Cody. I'm proud. Yeah. Um, how many of them wouldn't you have seen? You wouldn't have seen all right, Parasite. Let's, let's, let's go back. Let's go you back. You wouldn't have seen Jojo Rabbit. You would have seen that. I probably would have seen it. Yeah, it was funny. It looked funny. Joker, I would have seen. Little Women, I would not have seen. Marriage Story, I would have seen because it's on Netflix. I mm-hmm. don't know if I would have seen it already. I would have been like watching other stuff probably and then like, oh, okay, let's go watch it. Um, Nineteen Seventeen, I would have probably seen. Parasite, I wouldn't. So there's two films on here. I don't think I would have taken any time of day to see. Um, and that's funny because one of the two is probably the one that we both agree should win <laughs> parasite yeah, parasite is so good um 
again, like I said, what's, I, what's I, the buzz around it right now? Like, does it does it sound like it's gonna win? Or I mean, you follow that a little bit more. Yeah. Than I do. So I I think if we're talking about narratives, right? Um, 1917 got a bit of a boost from the Golden Globes win. Yeah. Um, but I would say that Parasite actually has been getting some of the precursor awards that matter a little bit. So the the Academy, the way this works, Cody, is the Academy is split up into different guilds, right? There's the Screenwriters Guild. There's the Screen Actors Guild. There's the Producers Guild. Um, and Parasite has been nominated in pretty much all of these individual guilds. And uh, it's been winning some of them. It just won an editing award, which is a huge precursor for the Oscars. Like winning um, an editing award at the, it's called the Ace Eddies um, Awards is is a big deal. Um, and tonight is the um, Producers Guild. If Parasite wins at the Producers Guild, it's nominated. Um, it's got a very, very good shot at winning uh, Best Picture. It's also up for the Screen Actors Guild, um, Best Ensemble. They don't have a Best Picture award. They have um, a Best Ensemble, and it's up for that. Uh, if it wins that, I if it wins all of those precursor awards, I think Parasite's your Best Picture winner. Um, and I say that not wanting to get my hopes up too high because I still had PTSD from Green Book last year mm. winning Best Picture. But I, I think that this year there isn't a film, maybe Joker's that <coughs> film, but there isn't really a, a Green Book level of like, this. if this wins, that's nonsense. Like there isn't a Bohemian Rhapsody in the mix this year. You know, like any of these films winning Best Picture would be at worst fine. I mean, I wouldn't be happy with Joker, but like the rest of it, I think would be fine but parasite you have to you have to think parasite is at least in the mix for like the one or two maybe three films that could win best picture yeah right. parasite once upon a time in hollywood in 1917 i would say are the front runners right now all right go little women though i would love to see it win <laughs> i would be very happy with that result I think those are uh, kind of finishes off the categories we at least wish to talk about. Yeah, who do you, what do you? What's your pick though? Oh, Parasite, dude. You think Parasite's going to win? Oh, going to win? Pro. Again, I think just with the names and one Once Upon a Time and the Irishman, I think are just it's hard to like pass up on those just because they were yeah. like so again. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Good good (laughs) that could be one of the words i'm looking for but uh marketed and stuff right right so it's hard and a lot of people yeah that just go see films yeah Yeah. like i said i mean i still even me i would have said i would have seen both of those films um not having the amc pass or anything one because one's on uh irishman's on netflix and then once upon a time in hollywood just because it's like oh brad pitt and uh denaro or uh Holy moly. Brad Pitt and... and um, Al, Pacino. Al Pacino. Why are you going Al Pacino? No, it's Leo DiCaprio. Leo Come DiCaprio. On. LDC is uh, Brad Pitt. But what Baldwin. if Al Pacino was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? He is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's at the beginning of it. Oh, that's... He is, he, yeah. He's Marvin Schwarz or whatever. Anyway, so. yeah, I... Man, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I'm going to pick Parasite, and I'm going to be uh, very hey, sad. I'll when pick it Parasite loses. with you. Probably won't be as sad as you if it doesn't win. Um, and I would agree with you as well, just to go back to it. I, I do think, again, Joker should not win. Um, but again, so so highly seen in the Academy, yeah. of, for whatever reason, does see it in this light. Obviously, having 11 nominations. 
But again, Parasite, the one that matters. Yes. Take it, baby. Well, that's it, Cody. That, those are the big categories. Um, yeah. If you want to use our opinions to uh, fill out your Oscar pool picks, go for it. Um, if you need any help with the uh, the lower categories, the uh, the I, won't, I shouldn't say lower. We should do that. Categories. We should. We should. I should go do an Oscars pool. Do an Oscars pool. You and me. Let's do it. See how many we get right. Maybe when I'll come it's out and visit and you for the Oscars um, for that weekend, <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll watch it. Um, so. Yeah, so go ahead and do that. If you want any help with the technical categories, just send us an email. Yeah. We'll, uh, Obviously, the best uh, original song is going to go to Frozen 2 and then to the Unknown. To the Unknown. I think Harriet might have won it, the Golden Globes. I really don't. I can't. I, th- I said this already, but I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it for the uh, for the Oscars. All right, Cody. I think that was pretty good. We shook off the rust at the yeah. beginning there, and we're uh, we're back in action. Welcome we're, to 2020, baby. We're Let's swinging like the Houston Astros <laughs> at home. Um, <laughs> wow. We're uh, yeah. So we're back. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening to our Oscars. Uh, I guess this is technically our Oscars preview since uh, it's just addressing all of the nominees. We didn't get the chance to talk about uh, a few categories like international picture, but. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all the results for each of the categories um, when the Oscars happens in a few weeks. Yeah, the goal is to not go another two weeks without a podcast. Again, I won't be here for the month of February. Bum bum bum. Sad news, I know. Yeah, we but, we uh, reconsidered. We're not gonna miss you after all. Uh, okay, you're not gonna miss me after all. Well, so. now we're back on the same page. Yeah, we're, um, we're back where we expected to be. But yeah, but for the meantime, again, you know, you guys can find us on uh, social platforms such as Twitter at Spinning the Real. At Spinning the Real, uh, same thing with Instagram, Spinning the Real R E E L. Look us up there. Again, both of us are on Twitter individually. I'm at DJ Rote with a zero D J R zero T E. And where can we find you, Evan? Yeah, I'm at uh, Sneaky Snakes twenty six, or maybe it's Sneaky Snake twenty six. I don't know. Look mm-hmm. it up. I'm probably the only one that's anywhere near that. I will give a warning to anybody listening to this. Uh, it's politics season on my Twitter. <laughs> I spent uh, much of this week arguing with people on my Twitter. So I would recommend you follow at Spinning the Reel. <laughs> yes, follow at Spinning the Reel and same thing and for Spinning me, the Reel. Because my politics takes are as good as my movie takes. Yeah. So. But where they can listen to us, our beautiful voice, if you can tell already at this point, I've been sick for the past week. So now you the whole nasally thing. Yeah, they're gonna they, they listen to the whole episode and go, man, that didn't sound right. Now, now you know better. why it doesn't sound right. <laughs> but yeah, you can find us on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud still up there. Pretty much anything you guys would listen to a podcast on, on or music in general. We're on all the platforms. Leave us um, reviews and ratings on iTunes though. Uh, please. Yeah. There you go. Add the please in. If you don't say please, no one's going to do anything. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hopefully we'll have uh, something for you in this coming week. Bye-bye now. Bye.